As we've been doing in this series, we've had somebody come up to read. So Dick and Jan, Dick and Jan Kagno are going to come up and lead us in prayer. And then the reading of the psalm, Psalm 138. You'll see it both on the screen as well as it's in your bulletin. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. And we thank you, Lord, for your love for us. Thank you for all that you do for us, that you hear our prayer, Lord, and you answer. We thank you, Father, for your provision, your protection, and your faithfulness always to us. We pray, Lord, that you will be with us this morning that you will speak to our hearts, Lord, and open our minds for what you have for us. We pray that you will bless Bill as he brings the message that you have given him for us today. And Father, we pray that you will help us to be willing, Lord, to walk in humble obedience before you. Father, we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of Psalm 138. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. I will sing your praises before the gods. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness, for your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Every king in all the earth will thank you, Lord, for all of them will hear your words. Yes, they will sing about the Lord's way, for the glory of the Lord is very great. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble, but he keeps his distance from the proud. Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. Thank you very much. Now, one, Psalm 138 is part of, or at, right at the start of a group of psalms that um, is known as individual psalms of praise. Um, And basically all that means is that the writer is using his or her experience of life and somehow relating it back to God. Now, we don't know a lot about David's situation when he wrote this, other than there seemed to be some sort of problems. You get get a little bit of that, or he was surrounded by troubles, um, that kind of thing. Um, But whatever was going on, as he reflected back on this and wrote this psalm, Um, He was focusing attention on God. And again, that's the idea of these individual psalms of praise. Now, in this situation, even though there had been some trouble, things had come to a good end. Um, But we can't forget that there are many situations in the psalms, and we all know it from life as well, where things didn't go so well. And yet, the same thing is true with these individual psalms of praise. They're focusing attention back to God, regardless of what went on. And as that happened, those, 
those expressions of the Psalms, they came out in very different ways. Again, whether it went well or not. Now, I'm going to share something with you that um, I, I had to look back on, but it was something that just seemed very appropriate today. When I was in college, a few years after I became a Christian, I went to Biola College, now known as Biola University. And the young adult class that I was part of, we met at the apartment of a young couple that was leading it. And we went through some psalms. It was in the the winter and and early spring. And as we were coming to the end of the semester, what we did, uh, basically the assignment that we all had, was to write our own psalm based on, again, like these individual psalms of praise, whatever was going on in our life, and then somehow reflect what God was doing through that. And so what I'm going to do is um, we're going to put it up on the screen. I'm going to read it for you. I've, I've had it put away where I knew I could get to it, um, but I, had, I hadn't looked at this thing for a, a number of years. And anyhow, this is um, what I've written, or what I had written. I need, need to use a past tense there. I will trust in the Lord my God and in the strength of his ruling hand. He controls everything which surrounds me and the world in which he has placed me. When the things around me begin to fall, When people are hurting and suffering, when sorrow is added upon sorrow and my strength begins to fail, then the Lord my God gives comfort, the strength and grace to endure. His overruling hand is my refuge, knowing that it controls all things. The Lord knows his own and will never cast them aside. Praise the Lord my God, for he loves and guards those who are his. What was going on at the time when I wrote that is that my parents were separated and on the way to being divorced. And in addition, one of my roommates, we, there were five, five of us guys in an apartment, um, a couple of the guys had gone rock climbing and one had fallen and was badly injured and was still in the hospital and not responsive at that point. And I think you get a feel of it. This was not a good time that I was going through when I wrote this psalm. And I'm going to come back to some pieces of it a little bit later, but the idea of, of sharing this is just to, to make this point. There are individual things, unique things that we all go through. And I think one of the things that this exercise made me do was to look and try to figure out what is God doing? How can I relate what were two very difficult things? How can I somehow relate it to God? And again, that's what we find in the Psalms. The Psalms are full of this kind of thing. What was going on, they were looking to somehow relate it to God and then to express what he does in our lives. Now, one of the unique elements of Psalm 138 is what is said about prayer and God's answer to the prayer. In verse 3, just a very short, short sentence, David wrote, As soon as I pray, you answer me. You encourage me by giving me strength. Now, the thing is, we, don't, we aren't sure what his prayer was all about, but it must have been something serious. Some of you will have translations or versions that will say something like, I cried out to the Lord. And basically the thing is, we don't cry out unless there's something difficult going on, right? That's just the nature of life, and that's the nature of what we read in the Psalms. So again, there was something difficult going on. And so whatever it was that made David cry out to the Lord, the Lord responded, and he did it fairly quickly. And that's what's so intriguing about this phrase. As soon as I pray, you answer me. Now keep in mind the nature of an individual psalm that's building on a person's unique experiences, right? 
Just like now, there are times, there are parts of our experiences that we can relate to and others that we can't. And that happens in the Bible as well, whether in the Psalms or someone's story. And we need to recognize that reality. And in this situation, some of you might think, God has never answered my prayer that quick. Is there something wrong with me? And the point is, David didn't always happen, have this happen either. And I think, in fact, that we're going to come to, there was more going on than just an immediate answer to prayer in the way maybe that David had, David had prayed it. And so my point is, don't worry if you don't relate to, to something you read. That's okay. Sometimes this will happen. We pray something, we cry out, and God does give us a quick response. And we're sort of, you know, we get surprised um, because God will do that. Um, but the challenge, as always, regardless of what is going on, whether it's a quick response, whether it's not, we want to keep our attention focused on God. That's what the Psalms are all about. Now, we're going to stop. We're going to have a couple of more worship songs, and then I'm going to come back to some of these thoughts on prayer and God's answers after we sing these two songs. So as we come back to this psalm and we think about prayer and God's responses to that, you may have heard this this short thing, that God answers prayer in one of three ways. Yes, no, or wait. Now I think there's a lot of truth in that, although I'm not sure that it goes far enough with the situations that we sometimes run into, but I think at least it, it keeps us headed in a right direction. Now, in reflecting on what is said in verse 3 about the Lord's answer to David's prayer, as soon as I pray, you answer me, I think we can add a fourth answer to this list. And I'm calling it, God is saying, I'm going to do something different. It's that phrase that's tucked into the end of verse 3, where it says in, in response, as soon as I pray, you answer me, you encourage me by giving me strength. And that's what I think can point us to this, maybe this fourth way of of understanding God's responses to prayer. I don't think I'm reading too much into this. Um, I do want to be careful um, with it, with this idea of God saying, I'm going to do something different. But I say that because I don't know that that would have been David's prayer, that you would strengthen me. I don't think that was probably what he was after. Something was going on, and he cried out. And that's generally something fairly dramatic and would have just been a fairly instantaneous sort of reaction. But with this answer, and and literally what it's saying is that God gave him strength in his soul, that's where that comes down to. With this answer, where God answered so quickly, I think it comes down to this. It was not by giving David what he desired in that very instant, but it was giving him inward support and patience to wait on God's time and to bear all his troubles in the meantime, and that that would have been greater than a very specific answer to what was going on. And so I think we can see this. You give me strength in my soul. You strengthen me as God's answer, where he was doing something different. And different, it seems like, to what David had prayed. I think there's also a sense in which simply crying out to God Um, just in itself, sometimes gives us strength. And you might know what that's like. When something happens, and if you have enough, for me, it it doesn't always happen. I have enough clarity of mind to think, pray about this. Um, 
But when you do, sometimes God, you can tell there's something that goes on and happens inside us. It's not an immediate answer to whatever was going on, but God gives strength and sometimes a peace right in that very instant when you just simply look to him. So I think there's that, that side of it as well. But at those times when our prayers aren't answered, either as quickly or in the ways that we wanted, I think we can come back to this. God may be doing something different. Now, earlier I read the psalm that I wrote when I was in college, during the time when my parents were separated and heading toward divorce. One of the things I remember about those months, and when I wrote this, it was only a couple of months after they separated. And so it was just when everything was going wrong. And, And I remember praying that my mom and dad would get back together. That was just the bottom line of it. That's what I wanted to see happen. But it seemed like the more I prayed, the worse things got. And I really couldn't make any sense out of it. And, and it was not only bad enough that all, was, all the stuff was going on with our family, but things were getting worse when I prayed. And it was very frustrating trying to figure out what in the world God was doing. I really had no idea what to think of it. And it was about a year um, after they separated that my dad remarried. And so that was the end of it. No more praying for them to get back together. That was that. Now, as I look back, um, and it wasn't until some time went by that I began to see that God, he had said no to my prayer for my parents to get back together, but he was doing something different as well. And it wasn't until some time went by that I began to realize, yes, God was working through that very difficult time for our family. He was doing something different, and it took the pain of my parents' divorce for that to happen. Probably the most significant thing to happen out of it is that my, for my dad, um, my dad died two and a half years ago, and it's no disrespect to say he was a very hard-headed and stubborn man. So if I ever get stubborn, you'll know where it comes from. Um, and actually, his mom was even worse. My grandma, oh my goodness, she was as stubborn as they can be. Um, and it took the, my dad really hitting bottom to get through to that thick skull of his, and I think he would, have, he would have admitted it. It took going through something that difficult and that painful for him to realize that he needed God, and through that, he put his faith in Jesus. Now, God also used the woman that he, he married, um, and she's a good woman, and you know, at, at the time, it was really difficult, but God used her as well. So that was something that, that came out of that. Um, do I wish something else would have got through to him? Absolutely. But in the end, that's what it took. There was also the work that he did in me as a result of that time, those problems. See, having seen firsthand the devastation that comes from a divorce, um, I've seen what it does to a family. And some of you know that. Some of you have been through a divorce yourselves. Or you're like me, you're a child of divorce. Um, you, You understand it's a very difficult time. But what it did is it helped me make up my mind that if I got married... And interestingly, Julie and I met just right after I wrote that psalm, just a few months after my parents separated. But I made up my mind that my wife and I, we were going to work as hard as we could for our marriage to work. And next month, we celebrate 36 years. And so we're getting there with it. You know, we're not done yet. Um, We're both still alive, and Julie's sitting over here, right? Um, But out of that experience, I just made up my mind that, I'm going to do everything I can and and not let the D word be part of our vocabulary. Now, one thing I need to make clear 
is that with that bigger perspective of looking back on that time, recognizing that God was doing something different in no way diminishes the pain that happened. And I say that because some of you, in going through really difficult times, you recognize God is doing something, and yet that pain is still very fresh, and and it's always going to be there. It may diminish some. I shouldn't say always. It may diminish some, but it's, it's, there's that recognition that, yes, this is painful. And so even if God's doing something through it, well, it, it's just part of what God does. He works through all sorts of things that go on. But as I tried to express in that psalm I wrote, part of the process with what we go through in life is to try to see what God is doing through it all. And yet, and this is one of the huge challenges of developing in our life of faith, even when our prayers go unanswered or things go horribly wrong, we still need to have our attention pointed toward God. And as we wind down this service, I want to do that by briefly highlighting two things that we see, two truths that are in this psalm. The first one is, is, it's a very obvious thing to say, but it's still important. The Lord is God, and we are not. And I'm saying that because there, there are several places in this psalm where this comes across. Um, three, you, you might have caught it if you read through the psalm earlier in the week or just as it was read earlier. It's not always easy to spot, but there are three groups that this psalm was addressed to. Interestingly, in verse 1, the gods, um, then um, the kings of the earth, and then near the end, David's enemies. And through those three groups, David was saying, Lord, you are greater than them. And that's the bottom line of it. And then twice it just comes right out and says, the Lord is great. And so do not look over the obvious, but God's perspective is that he knows so much more and he sees so much more than we can ever begin to, especially if we're early on in what we're praying about and what's going on. Um, Sometimes, as, as it was for me, with time and looking back, I, I had a bigger perspective of what, was God, of what God was doing, just not right then. But this is a reminder. God is God, and we're not. And so this is where we need to look to him, because we, can't, we just can't grasp it all. There's just no way. The second truth from this psalm is that twice it says that God has faithful love. God's faithful love is spoken of. In verse 2, it says, I praise your name for your unfailing love, and faithfulness. And then in verse 8, your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Now this little phrase, um, faithful love, some of you will have a version that says something a little different, but it's a very deep and rich term in the original language. And it conveys ideas like this. It speaks of loyalty. And that's God being loyal. It talks about covenant, a, a promise that God makes with his people. It talks about a very deep mercy that God has for us. And then that whole idea of unfailing or faithful love is, is there. And so where this really matters is when the things that happen are painful anyway. And then if our prayers don't go the way that we wanted them to or the way we expect, it just compounds the pain. And yet we still keep our focus on God. And if we keep our focus on this part of who God is, what he's like. We hold on to the one who is loyal. The one who promises, and he doesn't break his promises. 
and the one who's faithful and who is full of mercy and full of love. And, and it's not going to go away. It's, again, it may ease the pain somewhat. The pain will always be there when we're going through those difficult times. But this is the one that we hold on to. This is what it's about. And you'll recognize this is not just some put on a happy face and smile. God loves you. Everything's good. It's not. This is a very realistic, open-eyed faith that recognizes what we go through. And again, there might be an immediate answer, but God is doing something inside us. Or it may be that things don't go well. Or maybe they just do. And you say, thank you, God, for being so gracious to give what I asked for. Regardless, we hang on to him. This is the God we hang on to. And that's why we can come back to how this psalm starts. I give you thanks, O Lord, with all my heart. It's not being thankful for the things that happen as much as it is being thankful for God doing something. Because what, what might have actually happened, the thing that we prayed for, might not be very good. I would not say, thank you, God, for my parents being divorced. I, I wouldn't say that. But I do know that I can say, thank you, God, that you worked through that and despite it, as painful as it was. And that's why we can come back to say, I thank you, Lord. I give you thanks. Because regardless of what goes on when we pray, as he does his work in us, He is working out his purposes in our lives. And that's what we hang on to. So will you join me as I lead us in a prayer? Lord, we recognize that as we look to you as a God who is loyal and faithful and making promises that you don't break, full of mercy and love, this you are, are this, just this way, and this is why we look to you. And we look to you with thankfulness for what you do in our lives. And sometimes we recognize it's real painful, and we would not ever wish this to, to have gone on. And yet sometimes you work through those things. And Lord, we, we would ask that when we pray, that you would give us strength in our soul that we might know you and know you better, or you know you more deeply and richly and follow you more closely. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.